0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Welcome into the Bear Inn. My name is Matt. I'm joined here by Joe Goodman. Joe, how are you doing today?
2: I'm, I'm doing splendid. To give people a peek behind the curtain, we just we just went like 10 minutes or so, I think talking about one of the subjects we're going to talk about tonight before we realize like, Hey, we should just start recording.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't want to waste that content. So before that though, who we talk about that, um, there was a couple of news items we got uh, in basketball. Um, we had some like additions to the, to the program or future additions to the program. And then, some people who may possibly be leaving the program. So let's start with the additions. Um, the first one from earlier in the week was from Meryl Little. He is a – I believe he's a guard, a Finnish guard, plays overseas, and he committed to Baylor.
2: Yes, from the Helsinki Basketball Academy, a six-four point guard.
1: Yeah, and I think – he tweeted something out yesterday, like my future for next year plans or something like that will be um, coming soon. So I don't know if he's going to try to play in the U.S. somewhere or maybe like IMG or something like that. Or
2: Yeah, I was thinking like IMG does sound about right. Like That's IMG the thing Academy I can think Florida. of.
1: Because didn't um, uh, Keontae, he, he played at IMG this past year, right? Correct. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Keontae has been at IMG all year.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I figured maybe he's gonna come stateside since he's gonna play college
2: after next year. So
1: yeah, play. Yeah, I mean he's the next year, but
2: he's the number thirty-five overall recruit. He's the number nine point guard. So and he's a I mean two four seven has him rated as a, a ninety-four. So that's that's pretty solid.
1: And then, so I mean, you know Scott Drew's out there doing what Scott Drew does. Is there any other college that's like tied into like these um, European players or foreign-born players that than Scott Drew? Because we just saw what he did with like Jeremy Sohan from, who's I guess from England, but he's played in.
2: He played on the Polish national
1: Polish team. national team. Yeah, because his mom's Polish,
2: but but he was born in Oklahoma raised in raised in Kingdom. london
1: yeah and then plays uh on the Polish national team
2: and then came to waco texas yeah
1: <laughs> no i mean be, drew, drew has, so i mean
2: i think you know drew coming where he came from right he was he's always been that kind of guy that looked for ways that he could uniquely recruit because he was put into a an, an impossible situation and so the the experience that he had doing that when he was just trying to get whatever he could from wherever he could, he's turned that into, hey, we're a really cool program to come to. I'm a great coach. And I already have relations in, you know, the international basketball world. Uh, and he's turned that into, you know, getting some kids that are really, really good that are from outside the U.S. to come here. And it's it's really cool to see. The other
1: recruit. or announcement was we got a commitment from a transfer from West Virginia and Mr.
2: Jalen Bridges, Jalen Bridges. That's
1: right. And I think I actually, I I love everything about this. I mean, it's another, I mean, you have a, a, with our guards that we have coming in and the ones that are returning, and then you have this experienced, Highly rated coming out of high school wing to come in and and fill the void from like like we talked about Kendall Brown, Jimmy Sohan, both going off to the NBA. Most likely they're both first round draft picks, so they're definitely gone. Got they're gone, gone. And then you have a replacement for those positions coming right in with experience.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Bridges. You know, we talk about we were just talking about Merrill Little and his like where he was rated as a recruit. You know. Uh, Jalen Bridges was a 94 on 247 as well, like the yeah. exact same rating. I mean, he's six seven, he's big. Um, he was a top 100 recruit nationally. Like this dude is another like gym that you would be excited to have on your program coming out of high school. He's got college experience playing That's at cool. a high level. You know, I think I think there was there's been some talk about how he wasn't really deployed correctly at West Virginia, and the expectations on him based on his skill set yeah. probably were weren't in sync. But I mean, the guy still almost averaged a double double last year. So yeah. you you bring him and the experience and the size and the skill that he has into this team, it's only going to make us better.
1: Yeah, I've seen that like people talk about how his production was was low, but like you said, almost a double double average. But um I, I I absolutely agree. I think it's just he's going to the perfect system for what he does well.
2: Right. And he, you know, when, he, when you come somewhere like Baylor where we're so guard heavy right now, it just takes the pressure yeah. off the bigs. And they can, they can, whatever comes to them, it's going to be there. And it's going to be easy to score. So, I mean, you know, you look at a guy like Flo Thomba who, I mean, his offensive game has grown, but he still, he goes out there and he earns the points that he gets. But the lane is open. There's lots of space in yeah, this offense. For I'm excited to score.
1: about Flo also coming back for another year. Just I am He's going to mature even more so in another year of development with the staff. So I think he'll get even better. He'll be even better next year than what the um, maturation that process that we've seen so far.
2: Yeah, he's 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 a man at this point. Yes, he's, he's not a college kid anymore. Flothaba is a man. So you put him out there on a college floor, like it's it's going to be good to watch.
1: Um, now we did have some announced like. Departed players um, So first of all It was kind of shocking to me I wasn't expecting it. it was Adam Flagler Announced he was going to declare for the NBA draft while retaining His eligibility
2: Yeah this one like I mean it, it surprised me when I saw it But yeah. I don't really take much out of it Like I will always Be the first one to say if there's money to be had In your desired profession Go get it Absolutely. Um, but the way he's playing this is he he hasn't hired an agent. He's he's retained his eligibility to come back to school. So it's it's almost like he's seeing if there's money out there to be made. And if there's not, then, okay, cool. I'll just Another go back to school.
1: Another part of that is he could be seeing like, where do I need to get better to make right. that next step? I'm going to get feedback from the NBA. Yeah, from you're going to get information. Hurt. Yeah. And then you can go back and say, okay, this is what I need to work on all season and show next season. If he does, if he decides to come back.
2: We have we are so deep at the guard position next year that even if we I would be upset if if we weren't gonna have him. And I, I don't mean like mad about it, but I'd be disappointed just as a fan. I'd be happy for Adam. But um I, I don't think we'll lose him. I think he'll come back. I think I think he's gonna learn what he needs to to learn from the NBA. But I don't know. Just knowing what I know about how the NBA drafts guards and what they're looking for, I don't know if he's quite that fit as of yet.
1: There was another one. It was wasn't a, a current player but it was a recruit who's going to come in, um Dylan Hunter. He decided not to come to Baylor and Baylor released him from his letter of intent, which leads me to believe that may have been like a a, a mutual parting of the ways.
2: Yeah. Um I there's he it's went, going to be hard to f- he was yeah.
1: released by Baylor.
2: I think uh, I think playing playing time is going to be difficult to come by for everybody next year. And especially at the guard position. So if you're, you know, if you're worried that you're not going to play in front of Adam Flagler, Keontae George, LJ Cryer, and Langston Love, like if there are four guards ahead of you, then yeah, it makes sense. Like if you want to play earlier.
1: I've no doubt Keontae George is is going to start next year. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> if you've ever seen any of his game film or highlights or all-star games, like yeah, he's got he's, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's the start. He's a one guy. he's
2: he's the real deal. Yeah. He's for sure starting. And I think we're gonna have a three guard set next year. It's gonna be it's I, I think Flagler team. will be back. So I think it's gonna Crier. be a combo of Flagler, George, and then um either Cryer or Love. I'm guessing it'll be Cryer. Yeah, I think I think our starting five next year, um, depending on other rumors, but we won't we won't talk about things that are just rumors right now. Yeah, um, but I, I I would guess my starting five next year is going to be Adam Flagler, Keontae George, L, LJ Cryer, Jalen Bridges and Flo Thamba.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, now, today, the final I guess announcement was that Matthew Meyer was expected to, and finally did declare for the NBA draft. But interestingly enough, he also retained his eligibility. So he's not hiring an agent. He's, he's just going to like, I guess, go to the combine, do all the, the draft process.
2: Yeah. I think that's just his insurance on if he just doesn't get drafted.
1: It was the I same think his if- last year gets the same feedback because he didn't have, I think a good year as he, intended to
2: i agree and i think i think he was just so focused on defense which he got better at but he was i felt like he was so focused on like the defensive end that he didn't make make like a huge marked improvement on the offensive end and so i think he was trying to become a more rounded player for nba teams it's probably some feedback that he got and i think it just threw him off a little bit last year i do think that because of his size athleticism and skill set that he brings um, he's an NBA-type player, so I think he's going to get drafted. I think he's probably a second-round pick. And if he's a second-round pick, I think he's going to take it. He'll probably play summer league, and then I think he'll play um, in the G League for a couple years and, and have a shot at making it up to the, up to the NBA.
1: Absolutely. Now, I mean, we, we talked about there's like a rumor of something else that's going to happen, and I'm not going to mention it because the, the player hasn't mentioned it. Or announce anything, or neither is Baylor. But I saw I was I was reading like John Rothstein's, um like his list, his top forty-five or whatever. And I was reading to Baylor, and he lists him as a, a coming off the bench, someone who's not officially on Baylor's squad.
2: Wait, what? Send me that link.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was reading it today, and it had his name on like on Baylor coming off the bench. Here, I'm gonna try to find it. <laughs> because the thing was about because they had because um, I guess there was a Texas Tech player announced he was coming back. I can't remember who it was.
2: Was it O'Banner?
1: Yes. And so he kind of retweeted this, like by like top forty-five.
2: Interesting.
1: Hold on, I'm gonna. I'm gonna send it to you.
2: This is this is a perfect use of the podcast medium. Absolutely.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we're also not telling people who who we're yeah. talking about. So.
1: Absolutely, we're gonna just. Keep it, but
2: if you find this, just tweet it out that like go I look found at Matt. I'm
1: looking at it right now.
2: All right, tweet it out like and okay. just go look at Matt's profile and you can see
1: it. Yeah, I'm retweeting it right now. All right, I just retweeted it. He <laughs> talks about Texas Tech like a bonner, a, a yeah. And then it has a list that I was reading down to, and I was going down and it has like Baylor, like you know, all the the write-up about Baylor because he has him number four, no five. Has in five, and then he has like projected bench, and then his name is the last one. And I was like, okay,
2: oh, key newcomers. <laughs> sure enough, he is listed. So, anyway, all right. Well, I mean, I guess since you tweeted out the article, we could say it's it's Caleb Loner from BYU,
1: which. Is a great pickup too because he he does what, what Matthew Meyer does basically. Plays I don't know position. really
2: anything about him. And it is it is strange that there was that, that you told me about a rumor that you had heard about him. And then also John Rothstein tweets this out that shows Caleb Lohner as both on our bench and lists him as a key newcomer.
1: Yeah, this is like John Rothstein. Someone he has this someone inside Baylor that told him, Yeah, we're getting him. Because Scott Drew tweeted out the like the bear gif uh just that's all he tweeted. Just like sick of him or whatever it says and it was like the gif of the bear.
2: Let me see. I'm gonna search Twitter for his name. Let's see what Okay, yeah. I'm see there's like a couple of people on Twitter have said it's happening, but like nobody yeah. that's uh like
1: nothing official. And even nothing from BYU except that he announced he was transferring like three days ago.
2: interesting interesting well i this is this is what you want to see like yeah you want to like that shows you where this program is out that that we're we're recruiting around the world we're getting transfers from you know very top tier programs coming to us and we've got mcdonald's all americans coming in so
1: no it's kind i mean it's happening because i'm seeing stuff people or like, like behind the scenes, like someone has on like a premium board. I'm not going to name names, but like of that kid in a, like Baylor uniform, like I guess from a recruiting visit.
2: So yeah. (laughs) Interesting.
1: It's a, but yeah. So yeah, that's basketball. I mean, it's a, I really, but I would like Matt to come back. That'd be my preference because I, I don't think he's ready for the NBA. Like, he's going to be in the G League. I don't be certain of that. Um, I think
2: if he can get to the G League where he's getting paid to play basketball, he's done enough in college. Like, go learn to be a pro. I'm fine with that.
1: Or even overseas, you know. If you're getting paid to play basketball, you know, develop your game. Then, you know, look at Ish. Yeah, that's true. He's playing on the best team in the NBA. But he, he did his time and got to, and developed uh, overseas. All right, let's move into some football. All right. So, the big tomorrow is a, a big event on Baylor campus. It is a spring or spring game. And it is going to be broadcast or streamed, I guess, on ESPN Plus at 12 noon. Do you have any of other than what we've already talked about, is there anything that particularly you're looking for or going to watch out for in the spring game?
2: If I am able to watch it, I'm going to be, uh, my wife will be at a baby shower. So I'll be, I will have the baby. So I don't know if I'll be able to watch it, but if I do, I'm going to be watching the quarterbacks. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I'm going to be paying attention to. Like, so that way I can form my own opinion on who I actually think the better quarterback is.
1: Yeah. I'm going to be watching that too. I'm still, I'm like, I'm sticking to my stance that like it's it's not as much of a competition as people think.
2: Who knows? That's yeah, I, really I I, I like wouldn't be surprised that. if you're right, but I would also be surprised if you were wrong. So, um, absolutely. I I think I think Shapen has looked really good, and mm-hmm. I, again, I've said over and over, I think Gary's going to be the starter, but I think maybe it might even be my brain trying to generate its own drama. But it's there. It exists in my brain.
1: I think I think interesting is the uh I'm interested to see what um Cameron Jones Drones looks like. You know, how his progression is.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that's that's part of the, the whole QB situation as a whole. Like I want to see yeah. all the guys.
1: For sure. Other than that, for me, is I definitely want to check out the wide receiver position because that's the that's the one that's the not not thin because it's it's pretty deep it's just least experienced
2: yeah there's and and it'll be interesting to see if a a number 1 stands up
1: yeah and it, it's it's weird to say least experienced when you have like uh Gavin Holmes who who has starts in the 2017 season right but He's because just, he Andrew hasn't been able to get hasn't on the field. Played. he hasn't played yeah so it's like it's still he has very little experience in actual game time,
2: but he is. Uh, I mean, he's he's built for D one football
1: for sure. Yeah, no, he. I mean, like he got starts as a freshman. So f- absolutely. Yeah. Now, so
2: it'll, it'll be interesting to see if like he can stand up and be a number one. Um, I'll be. Int- I really do want to see how they deploy Fleeks. That's that's yeah. that's like a very interesting piece to me is is our and it's the spring game. So I don't know really how many wrinkles you're going to see there, but this, this yeah. is probably more of a expectation for next season. But in general, I am excited to see what Grimes does with leaks.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what they do also, because like last year's spring game was pretty bland you know, it wasn't a lot of offense. People were up in arms, you know, just I think they were just in. Shell shock from that previous 2020 season where there was absolutely no offense. Right. And then you didn't really see a lot of like improvement that in your, in what they were showing It's very vanilla, which spring games are, they're, you know, because they're on, they're on TV. So, of right. course, there's like like, of the, our well, offense. <laughs> one of the <laughs> you know?
2: things I'm really excited for next year is I can't wait to see like how Ika and player look next to each other, but yeah. they're not going 100% against their own offensive lineman in the spring game. So, like, you're not going to really get to see, like, full bore what those dudes will look like in game action until we get to game yeah. action.
1: And I think the defense really, on the defensive side, I'm, I'm going to be interested in the secondary. because that's The secondary uh, for sure. Yeah. That's where you're going to see who's going to step up and, and fill those, the star position role. I mean, and, and the safety. linebacker core. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to play that inside linebacker next to um, Dylan? But John,
2: yeah, I mean, but the, the other thing is, like, we won't have Josh White in this game. No. Nah.
1: But I do want to see how um, – uh, I blanked his name. Is it Will Linebacker position? Man, I oh, Dylan Doyle? Up. No, the um, the inside – I'm sorry, inside linebacker. Is it Will Garner?
2: I do not remember. Is that
1: who? Anyway. Um, Garmin I'm Randolph? I'm interested to see. Oh, he's, the, he's the Jack position. Okay. Speaking of the position though, like I've heard great things, like Jackie Marshall, because he's like like two seventy five, but they say like uh, the outside linebacker coach called him like uh, a ball of butcher eyes. That was his quote, and I was like, I want to see this. I just want to see how he plays. Like all the newcomers on defense that are coming in to play. I mean, we really didn't have, I don't know if we had like a true, who who started at Jack mostly? Is it Ashton Logan? I think so. Yeah. I want to see like who coming in to like, like a true, like Aranda like Jack coming into, to come off the edge.
2: Yeah. Year three in his system with Ron and Ron Roberts too. And these guys have been watching like Jalen Petrie, Terrell Bernard, JT Woods. Mm-hmm. They they've been watching some, they've been learning, you know, how you run a team from some serious dudes that are about to make a lot of money and at, you know, at the pro level. So I'm excited to see like that next step get taken. These guys that have been, you know, almost born into the Aranda Roberts system more than more than the previous guys had. So I think there's going to be more wrinkles on this defense. I think it's going to get uh, it's going to get a lot more fun to watch because I mean, at the end of the day, like Aranda, Aranda runs some pretty fun stuff, especially after he's been somewhere for a while. And I'm ready to just see him absolutely let it loose.
1: Yeah, and I think um, Dylan Doyle is a, a prime point of that, where like you saw kind of where he coming in his first year. Uh, where he kind of struggled just from not being familiar with the defense. And then he had a great season last year. And I'm really excited to see what he does um, in his third year in the same defense.
2: Yeah. If he stays healthy, I mean, I, I, there's nothing he can't do.
1: I just, I I just, I just like the kid too. I think he's just like a, got a good head. From what you see in interviews, you know, you see like he just has a good um, head on the shoulders.
2: Yeah, he's um, you know, like, and, and he's he's a football player too. Like, I, he, I, I just
1: Will Williams. That's who I was thinking of. He's okay. he's right now. He's going to be like until you get um, the LSU transfer in. He's like the quote unquote starting like inside linebacker. Gotcha. All right. That's uh, what yeah, with
2: Doyle, him. like he's a he's like a football like he. I don't know. He reminds me of like old school linebackers. Like he reminds me of like Brian yeah. Urlacher. Like that. You know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The other thing interesting about spring, because I think this Saturday kind of wraps up. It's like the last of the spring football games like across the country, like a lot of people did different times. And this is kind of the last weekend for the teams that haven't had one yet. And it, it'll be interesting to see like the post spring transfer portal, because they have until May sometime in May to be eligible for this year. I think it's the first weekend of May, May fifth may or something like that. They have until then to like be in the portal to be eligible for the fall of 2022. Mm. So you know you have people who may leave because they realize coaching changes and they stick stuck around for spring and then it's not the place for them and they try to move on. But also you have teams who. Or, you know, coaching staffs who realize like we have a deficiency and we need to need some either experience or depth. And I'm interested to see because there has been rumblings of there's a chance Baylor may be interested in like a transfer receiver. And there one just came in the portal from Arizona State who was like all freshman conference. Um, so that's interesting just to watch and see if they look to bolster the receiving core.
2: Yeah, that will be that will be interesting, but I don't know. I think we, I I really do think our receiving core is very talented. It's just going to be, who's going to step. No doubt.
1: Yes. This is someone needs to step up for sure.
2: Like you got, we, I I just, we got to have that. It's third and seven in the fourth quarter and you need somebody that, you know, can just go get it.
1: And it wasn't a strong point of the offense last year. I mean, we got third and seven. We're just trying to get to fourth and short. So that right. we can do run a fourth down and give it to Abram Smith for one yard or two yards. Exactly. We weren't trying to get the first down on third and seven. <laughs> that's not part of our playbook. Uh, but yeah, I hope
2: it is this year. I hope it yeah, is. Yeah,
1: hope it I mean, that's that's what cuz you're cuz last year Grimes was very specific about they're just going to do a couple things in different ways. But like we have like we're we have like a handful of plays we're going to run. We're just going to have different formations you're running out of. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this year if they kind of maybe expand on that. And so you see a little bit more, I guess, change in the offense, you know, the more variety. Yeah.
2: You know, I think we will. I think, I think we'll have a deeper playbook. But speaking of football. Yes. What was it earlier this week? I think it was the four. 13th maybe yeah about a week ago espn released the football power index for 2022 the preseason football power index which I, I i we have used on this podcast a number of times until our fans requested that we cease and desist as soon as possible because it was such a garbage system and now looking at their preseason rankings i i kind of tend to agree because there's some interesting stuff in here
1: Yeah. So I just, I don't understand it. I guess that's the main thing. I I just don't understand the, uh, how they get to there because it's advanced metrics. So it's not just, it's not like a ranking, like uh, people sitting around saying, here's how we're going to rank them. It's, there's presumably there's data that they, they take into account. And I just don't know what that is. I don't know how, what is it returning production? Is it, history or is it i just that's my main thing about it i just don't understand how they get to where they get
2: yeah i i don't i don't understand it whatsoever it is um it's a very very strange ranking and i think the one thing that the college football world as a whole latched onto and we'll get it out of the way that that baylor is is ranked 19th and there, which I'm like, okay, fine. That's fine. the top twenty. That's a top twenty ranking. I think there's there's it's, question marks on our squad.
1: We don't have a lot of production. We're, I mean, if you look at offense, we we're losing our starting, our number one receiver. Our both our running both backs. running backs. Um,
2: on defense, we're losing. You know, the best player, the heart arguably, and soul of our team. Yes. So nineteen, it's fair. Yes. Would, would I like to be higher? Of course. Do I think we may end up higher? Yes. But I, I'm okay with 19. I think that's fair. But I think the one thing that everybody, no matter if you were a Big 12, SEC, Pac-12, whatever fan, clowned on was the fact that the Texas Longhorns are ranked sixth.
1: Joe, can you remind me, like, where did uh, they finish in 21?
2: Uh, they finished at home because during bowl season, they were not invited. Okay. Because they went five and seven and lost to Kansas.
1: And that was in Kansas, I'm, I'm presuming.
2: No, that was, believe it or not, in
1: Austin. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, in Austin. Now, I mean, when you see Texas ranked this high on an ESPN platform product your mind immediately goes to, well, this is just made up. They're just doing this to get clicks and traffic and bolster their product because they do have a financial backing in Longhorn Network. So it is kind of an ESPN product. But I think it's just the way they come up. Their numbers is that the whole methodology is just flawed. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like, we're going to do this just because we want people to, talk about the fpi in april
2: so so part of the fpi too is it looks at like the chances that you have to win the games that you're playing so they break it all the way down to percent chance to win the national title and they also have percent chance to win conference percent chance to make the playoff like texas being at number six they're giving them a 21 percent chance a one in five a one in five chance that texas makes the playoff Which is absurd to me.
1: They have a 41% chance to win the conference.
2: Yeah, 41% chance. When was the the
1: last time they won the conference? 09? Maybe.
2: Whenever they, when when they lost to Bama. That was Okay, well then, yeah, that was it.
1: Okay. It's like over a decade ago. Gotcha.
2: It's it's been a long time. (laughs) Whereas they give Baylor... A one point two percent chance to make the playoff. A twenty one percent chance to make the playoff for Texas. They have, one oh, 1. A 12
1: point two a 126
2: percent chance to win the conference. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 so you want to hear the winning the national championship percentages? So number yes, one to win the national championship and rank number one in FPI, probably everybody's number one pick for to start the season is Alabama. Okay, when uh, the second highest. Uh, they have a 30% 30 chance to win the national title. A 27% chance is Ohio State. 22% chance is Georgia. And then an 11% chance for Clemson. So FBI believes Clemson's back. And Mm -hmm. then it drops to a 2% chance for Texas. But the interesting thing for me is like, I just don't understand the love affair that they have with Texas here. I just really do
0: not.
1: Yeah, it's because it, they don't have the same type of because I was looking at Texas A&M and they just don't get the same type of publicity or love that the Longhorns do. And it's not even arguable like A&M has been more successful over this last 10 years.
2: Yeah, I mean, a and M's definitely been the better squad.
1: I mean, not not to they have not been great you know like they've been probably right around 500 somewhere around in there but that's still better than texas has been like i mean they have multiple five and seven seasons
2: they've lost to kansas twice don't forget they lost to kansas two times
1: is there is, is there any other big 12 team lost to can i mean texas tech lost, right like they're the only other big 12 team
2: in recent years in yeah. recent
1: years in recent years so since like 2010,
2: yeah the 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 Texas win broke some absurd streak that they had on Big 12 road games. It was it was an absurd streak of winless on the road in the Big 12 until they won in Austin this year.
1: Can you imagine losing to Texas? I mean to Kansas.
2: I can't even imagine losing to Texas
1: at this point. No, <laughs> but then to do it like a couple years later I'll give and you one thing if you did it when you're one
2: win away from going to a bowl <laughs> I
1: mean
2: it's it's I don't know we could talk about Texas all day let's we could, uh, we
1: could bash Texas all day let's, anyway, anything there, else there, from there, the FPI that stands out to you
2: you know i think we uh i mentioned clemson right yeah. um clemson being being back and one of the things that you wanted to do as as we move into kind of the the off season of you know college basketball, college football, yeah. our, our main things was let's check out what we think about conferences around the country. So um, I wanted to
1: do it a little bit differently, not just like a blend, like let's preview this conference. Mm-hmm. And I could just re- repeat what people say all over the place, read magazines. So I wanted to give like more like a bold predictions. Like three bold predictions for each conference, Power Five Conference. Um, and so we're going to start with the ACC. And I'm just starting alphabetically.
2: The Atlantic Coast Conference. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I figured what we'd do is just go back and forth. So, did, did you, could you think of anything that was relatively bold?
2: My bold prediction is that Wake Forest will win the a c c this year,
1: okay, I like where you're going, so my first one is goes along with that is my bold prediction is Clemson will not win the a c c for a second straight year,
2: yeah, yeah, so that our our, our two jive yes. i think I think Wake Forest is an offensive juggernaut. They remind me a bit of early twenty tens Baylor. And I think they might be ready to take that step forward and, uh, and and dethrone everybody in the ACC.
1: So my next bold prediction is that Miami will play in the conference championship game.
2: Okay. All right. You think the U might be back?
1: I'm, I'm buying into the uh, Mario Cristobal hype.
2: Okay. All right. I'm. I have a I have a big one. This okay. is Dabo Swinney's last season at Clemson.
1: That is a big one. You are right.
2: I think I think they are I think they are once again not going to win in the conference, and I think he's going to kind of like feel like his defensive coordinator left to go be a head coach,
1: mm-hmm.
2: a guy that I'm sure Dabo has leaned on a lot. Not that I'm saying Dabo's a bad coach, but
1: didn't their OC leave last year? Yes. And so
2: like the, the support system that he's had is kind of gone. He's made it very clear. He does not like the current landscape of college football as it pertains to NIL. Yeah. I think he's going to become a pro coach after the season
1: and the transfer portal. He doesn't like either one
2: of those. He doesn't like either of those things. I think he's going to go pro.
1: They don't, the thing about it is they don't, they don't take transfers in this era that we've come into. Like everyone does that because it's a way to easily, especially if you're like a blue blood or like a power school, like Alabama, they took a transfer today because we need to fill a spot. We have a prime receiver. We need to fill a receiver spot. We'll take them in. So instead of, but I mean, they could easily recruit one of the best receivers in the country, but this is a, we don't have to rebuild. We'll just reload with already talented, proven players. Yeah. And just to be stubborn and just say, we don't do transfers. We, we have, that's fine. But then that's that's how you uh, go ten and three when you should be when you have a top ten recruiting class or top five probably. Okay, my final. I think he's going pro. He's a weird. I don't know because he's kind of like he's not like an X's and O's coach. Kind of like Mac Brown in that regard. Like you wouldn't say like he's an offensive genius or defensive guru. Like you could say, say what we want about Texas. You yeah, could say like Steve Garcia, Like he's an offensive coach.
2: He's the kind of guy that will get that will get somebody excited. I don't think he's going to be a good pro coach, <laughs> but I think I think he's going to get hired as a
1: pro okay. coach. I
2: think he's I think he's going to go another year not winning that conference, and that's going to make him feel uncomfortable. And he already doesn't like college football. It feels like right now. So why not?
1: All right. So my final bold prediction is that Pitt, the reigning ACC champion, will be five hundred. So you,
2: you you still like that was kind of like mine. I went with my big one in the middle because I wanted to give us nice some nice little hills and valleys, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was my other one. I think Pitt is going to fall off huge. They have they're losing Kenny Pickett. And they do have a transfer from USC coming in, Keaton Slovis. Um, um, but I think I think there's going to be a a big drop off. So they they I mean they start the season off with West Virginia, Tennessee, and at Western Michigan. So I think there's a legitimate shot that they go one and two, For possibly sure. possibly even zero and three in those first three games.
1: Yeah, I agree. Cause you got like West Virginia, they have DT uh, Daniels coming in at quarterback. Maybe they can finally put something together offensively to be like productive.
2: Yeah, and they've got road games at North Carolina, Virginia, and Miami. I think North Carolina is yeah. going to be pretty solid. You've already predicted that you think Miami's going to the the conference championship game. Well, yeah. um, so like the, those are those are not those are those aren't the easiest road road games in the world. So yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I think there's a legit shot that, you know, if they're not 500, they're seven and five, but yeah, I think, I think Pittsburgh takes a big step
1: back. Uh, absolutely. I think those, so what we'll do, Joe is we'll just, we'll just move on down the conference and do the same thing, comfort power conferences and just give like three bold takes
2: works for me, man.
1: So, the next one on the list is the Big Ten. So, start thinking about your your bold predictions for the Big Ten.
2: I already know. I know more about the Big Ten than the ACC. So, I'll have to do a little bit less research than I had to do for this one.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the ACC is kind of like, you really just have to know about, like, Clemson.
2: Nobody knows anything about, the ACC doesn't know about the ACC.
1: Yeah. Like, we, I mean, we didn't even mention, like, Boston College or.
2: Syracuse, Virginia Tech. NC State, Virginia.
1: I mean, so in in there another school like a small school in Florida? Oh, Florida State. Yeah, never heard of them. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. What really people want to hear about? Did you? You did get a chance to finally watch uh episode four of Moon Knight.
2: Spoiler alert. We
1: you. Spoiler warning. warning. Spoiler yep. warning.
2: We we're going into spoiler territory here. Talk about
1: episode four of Moon Knight.
2: Yes. And yes, to answer your question, I 100 percent watched it this week. Thoughts? I legitimately think this was the best episode of the series thus
1: far. I agree. I really enjoyed it. And I've been more positive generally than you have. You've you've liked it. You just have been like hasn't really caught it, caught it for you. I wanted and
2: something to finally happen and I felt like in this, this episode was, stuff stuff occurred
1: a lot of stuff occurred even if you even if they would have stopped it before like what happened at the end happened that was a great episode just because when you I'm a big Indiana Jones fan I'm a child I was a child in the late 80s so I was like all into those movies as my as a kid so when you have like you're going into tombs and like there's people chasing you and there's gunfire then uh you got me.
2: Yeah, and I mean there was like the the cool um surprise that it's the tomb of Alexander the Great, which is oh, like
1: loved it. Loved every second of it.
2: it. I mean, and it's and it's cool and it's also like accessible. You know, it's like yeah. low barrier to entry to think that's it's a very Disney thing to do to be like yeah. we'll just make it make it Alexander the Great. Everybody knows who that is. And so like I th- yeah, I thought that was neat. Like, I still got a kick. I was like, oh, OK, that's it's that's really cool.
1: it really is really Disney because he's like, oh, y'all like uh, Marvel movies. How about we take a Marvel movie and National Treasure and slam them together?
2: <laughs> but yeah, this was a this was a much more, I would say, fun episode. Um, again, great acting by Oscar Isaac. But I, th- I felt like I was like, OK, watching this one, I wanted I actually like desire to see what happens next like it hasn't just sure. been like i'm gonna keep i guess i'm gonna keep watching because I, i'm gonna watch it but now i'm like oh man i really do want to see what happens
1: next because they did what they did at the end so when he gets shot i didn't know what was gonna happen because i was like well he's kind of the lead character and we have two more episodes left
2: yeah he's not gonna die i i kind of thought um I kind of thought it was going to be like the pool that he fell into is like some kind of healing pool. Yeah.
1: But they're doing some, it's some, there's some trickeration going on. Either this tomb is like magical because you know, he does this whole thing about it, it's like the eye of, um, was the eye of Horus? Yes. And they, he talks about it and kind of does all this exposition about the eye of Horus and what magical properties and all that and then this happens and it's a he falls in it's a shallow like pool but then you see him fall like deep deep and so and then he wakes up in the uh mental institution with all these people from the everyone that we've seen things that we've seen through the first four episodes
2: yes and it, it it reminded me very much of um the usual suspects yeah Where there's the scene where he's sitting in the office and he's looking around and he's realizing like everything in the story was pulled from like items that are named or are in the office. And you can tell Oscar Isaac's going through that. Um, But then he runs out and he finds a sarcophagus containing Stephen.
1: Okay, this isn't real.
2: Yeah, (laughs) for sure not real. And then they come across a a third sarcophagus that they don't open. It's like very bright red. I
1: want to open it so bad.
2: And it's standing up, not laying down. Yeah. And it's just like jumping. It There's nobody in it screaming like Steven was. It wasn't like whatever's in there's not scared. I think it's pretty clear that this is the third. um, The third altar that they have been hinting at a few times throughout the show. Like this is that that was the third version of Mark Spector in there.
1: Yeah. So which hasn't been named, so we can't really call it what people think the name people think is like jake lockley i guess but that that's just speculation because he hasn't been named in the show
2: yeah we haven't even seen him yet
1: yeah we've seen but I th- i'm him. i
2: am 100 positive that that was what was in
1: absolutely because especially in a show like the second sarcasm steven so you this kind of sets it all like marks the as we've all said and know from the comic books he's the primary personality, personality. And then the Stephen, who is in a sarcophagus, is a secondary who we've we come to know. And then so we have his third sarcophagus, which is, it's been established that's like where he houses his, in this scenario, where he has his uh, personalities.
2: Correct. They end up so, running yeah. away. And what do they run into?
1: So this is a hippopotamus Egyptian god goddess i think i think it's uh i did a little research it's called like Tawet, i think
2: tower yes
1: yeah is the like she's like a fertility goddess i think or something like that she
2: is a fertility goddess and so but she's also has a or i quote a history deep rooted in rejuvenating and cleansing the dead in order to get back to the living world so interesting. if we're talking about a person who has been shot um and should be dead. I'm guessing this is one of the gods that, that would be good to run into to help you out.
1: Yeah, and I think at the at the beginning of it, you see this where they put the um the little stone figurine of um Khonshu in this wall cutouts with different you see the other stone, which I assume is gods, entombed in these stone little figurines. So I wonder if we're gonna run into consciousness wherever this is—the this is.
2: this subnatural world of some yeah. kind.
1: I guess marks like subconscious. I don't know. Yeah, but, it's
2: it's it'll be unique to find out what happens. So
1: and they I, they both screamed and it was it was great. I loved. I wasn't even mad about the ending. I was like, this was just a great episode of television.
2: I didn't like that they screamed because, again, these are two guys that are aware of the existence of Egyptian gods and have been taking orders from a like bird skull headed, like strange desert wanderer man. So I think seeing a talking hippopotamus like they've literally seen the uh, the planet get turned around hundreds of thousands of times to realign the stars to hundreds of years ago or something. (laughs) Oh, true. But a, a talking hippopotamus throws them off that was, that was a little stupid to me, but I like it. it is what it is. I still liked the episode
1: overall, yeah, I like the episode, and like you said, I'm looking forward to the penultimate episode, so there's only six, we're coming up on episode five, so this is the coming up like I guess they everyone are like critics. they got the first four, yeah, so, so everybody's this, seen up to this point, yeah, so everyone's caught up now. And so it'll be interesting what happens in five and six. Yeah, for sure. Now, now,
2: is there another show that you've been watching?
1: Yeah, so I've been watching Winning Time on HBO, talking about the 70s going into the 80s, like the 79-80 the season for the Los Angeles Lakers. There's been a little bit of controversy regarding the portrayal of one Jerry West. So you've been watching Winning Time as well. I have. Did you have any preconceived notion of Jerry West prior to watching it?
2: I I legitimately was surprised. The only Jerry West that I know is like an old guy that is is the logo. Yeah. Who I knew worked for the Lakers and Clippers. Yeah. And I really didn't have many preconceived notions of him other than I think he, I thought people considered him to be a solid executive
1: mm-hmm. in
2: the NBA and that he was a very good player. That was cool enough that they made the logo after him. So you no, know, seeing him be a complete asshole most of the time, I, I, I didn't predict that that was going to happen, but I wouldn't say I was surprised by it. I was like, Oh, okay. So this is just who Jerry West is supposed to be.
1: Yeah. And it's, I, I... So just to get caught, everyone caught up. So it's been out what has been like eight, seven episodes so far. And this week, Jerry West, the real Jerry West, he demanded a retraction and an apology from the producers of Winning Time.
2: Well, I mean, that sounds like something that the Jerry West that's portrayed in the show would do.
1: And that's what everyone, all the tweets started firing off. Like, this is what the show Jerry West would say. So <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, yeah, I mean, that's 100% what I could see happening in I the mean, show with that portrayal of Jerry West.
1: Most people who've been portrayed in, in media or in a movie loosely based on real events, they just don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's a movie. It's, it's not real life. They don't say this is exactly how things went.
2: Right. Nobody. The whole time I've looked at winning time is this is not a documentary. (laughs) This is this is a dramatization. Like, I'm sure it's probably not far off from what happened.
1: And they say it. I mean, they give a disclaimer. This is names. Events have been changed. Yeah. characters. characters, They say characters have been changed.
2: Like it's. It's a unique I don't even know if it's a unique take, but I've heard that if you if you read books on the Showtime Lakers, I have not that it's not too far off from this, but well, it's definitely dramatized.
1: The thing about it, as like I said, like, I guess the thing about it is in private, Jerry West has a colorful language. Not necessarily maybe that he's like a, how he acts in this particular portrayal, but that he could he'd could, uh, be quite colorful with how he speaks. And they kind of just extrapolated that and enhanced it to be this character that they've created. The thing is, is
2: he's portrayed, it's almost like he's the, uh, he's an anti-hero almost. Like the show clearly wants to paint him in a good light. It's just like, here's this, uh, this broken man that is also a genius and just wants the best for people, but doesn't know how to express himself. And like his expression comes out sometimes as being an asshole. I feel like that's how the show is trying to portray him.
1: Yeah. And it's it's the other thing, like he's, he's not satisfied or happy. Even like, he, you know, they go into it when they have like a whole episode about Jerry West, like even after he won the uh, NBA championship, like it didn't feel this need to, you know, compete he was still that didn't feel that whatever's going on inside of jay west
2: he still lost all the other times like that's yeah. the, like that he he cared more about the losses than he did the win
1: and anyone who's a successful coach or player and even people who aren't like you and me like we played high school sports like we could probably recount the times we've lost and can't remember a single win but we could say word for word okay this all the L's that we took in our sporting life. Yeah. And that's just, people, and that's just that's the nature of like, if you're competitive, those your, your need to win kind of outweighs winning itself.
2: Have you seen that um, Apple is also capitalizing on winning time and has come out with their own magic Johnson documentary? No. Yeah. It's on, it's on Apple TV plus there's a magic John magic Johnson documentary now
1: check that out because I remember have when-
2: you liked have you liked how winning time has gone so far like are you yeah. are you enjoying it
1: yeah I mean HBO rarely like misses and they just uh, I, have you
2: oh yeah more than like anybody like more than Jerry West like Jerry Buss has been the one that really surprises me and to be honest if uh if anybody should be mad about how they're being portrayed in the show, it should be uh, Paul Westhead.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> like he is being portrayed. Like I mean, I guess he came out of his like shell at the end of his last episode.
1: Basketball coach in yeah. real life.
2: <laughs> like, like he's a real person. He's in in for two and a half episodes now. He's been portrayed like he's as
1: a championship winning. I think on multiple leagues, he's won championships. He, he,
2: yeah, he. I mean, he he wins the title for this team. Spoiler alert. Um,
1: spoiler alert for history of basketball.
2: <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I would be pissed off if I was him at the way I'm portrayed. Like he is portrayed as this totally weak and almost bordering on like incompetent,
1: aloof. Yeah, literature professor who needed
2: Pat Riley to quite literally like shock him into the ability to just handle any level of anxiety but also, and like, interpersonal communication.
1: I don't think the way that in this last episode, I don't think Larry Bird is like that either. I mean, they're, they're telling a story. It's a narrative. It's, this isn't like,
2: Oh, I have heard, I've heard Larry Bird is like, that. Yes.
1: really? Well, yeah. Well, Larry people- Bird.
2: Larry Bird is not a nice human being from everything no, I have read and heard about him,
1: but he wasn't I, from what I've seen in history. Like he wasn't like that with the media. He was pretty accommodating. Like oh, in the, the media, conference. that one. Well, I
2: don't know. I've never like, you got to remember, this is also super young in his career too, Larry. Bird. This is, this is his second year, Larry Bird.
1: Yeah. So, um, Paul Westhead won an NBA championship in 1980, uh, a WNBA championship in 2007. And he was a two time WCC uh, coach of the year. Yeah. So he's that. You're right. He should be upset because, you know, he's a legit coach. (laughs) Like, successful. He was coaching up until 2014. He was a head coach at Oregon.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's not, he's no slouch.
1: But I mean, there's a lot of things. Like, I don't think Genie Bus was as old in this time. And didn't work for the Lakers at this time, so I mean, there's been like, I guess that story would make purposes. sense. Like they
2: just wanted to, they, like yeah. she's a no, she's a name that people know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and she's just part of like the. You're, it's more you're, you're telling the story about Doctor Bus, and you're you're kind of he's divorced, so you're kind of using his daughter, which people know, and they know she works for the Lakers. Of like, and how she's she been running the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. so, um. But yeah, I mean, those are just those are all things that aren't factual that you're you know, you're t- taking liberties with because you're telling a, a dramatic story.
2: But yeah, anyway, she would have been 18 at this time,
1: yeah. And she didn't, I think, she didn't work, well, she didn't immediately work for Lakers, he he owned some other sports league or something. Well, he owned the Kings league, as well, the tennis time. league or something. And yeah, and he, he and he owned he owned
2: he owned everything like yeah. he owned all the the teams that played in the venue at that time
1: so but yeah I mean they didn't make Jack Kent Cook look good either in the first couple episodes apparently made him look like a racist when he had that meal with the um Johnson family <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah, yeah.
2: Like there, there are people that have looked way worse than Jerry West in the show.
1: Yeah, and like other than than Bus, he's like the best character in the show. Yeah, for sure. Now Jason Clark does a great job, like portraying this role, this character, but he he does a great job. I thought it was ridiculous that the real Jerry West was gonna demand. A re- retraction What do you mean a retraction we didn't <laughs> yeah, re- Of what we're, of, They're
2: going to go back and re-record the show
1: <laughs> That's what I didn't understand An apology Yeah no we're not going an apology But anyway so yeah I just wanted to talk about that Since it was something we we're both watching and In the news this week Anything else, what else you, you said you're watching what else You're you watching Halo still I watching? am watching Halo yes Does that get uh, still on board
2: I mean it's it is what it is. It's uh it's nothing to write home about. Um it it like the first few episodes of Moon Knight no, nothing has happened in Halo. Like like nothing at all. It's a video game that you spend 90% of the time running through a hallway shooting aliens and I've gotten one scene and it was in the first 10 minutes of the first episode. Uh where Master Chief fights aliens. So it is um, it's it's similar to the Star Wars prequels. Almost it's uh, people searching for a relic while politics goes on around them.
1: I have to let me check it out. I'm going to wait and see what you think about it because I'm not as familiar with the whole story.
2: If I didn't play you like Halo, watch it, I guess. I mean, I'm not going to recommend anybody like sit down. I'm not going to say you should spend your time watching this. I'm going to continue watching it because I want to know what happens. But yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be something that if you miss it, you're going to be upset with yourself.
1: So I'm not really watching anything else. Um, I did watch the Batman finally. Very good film. You're right. It was a great portrayal and story about Batman. Loved it.
2: I'm glad you finally watched it. I'm thinking about watching it after we record tonight.
1: And um, no, I'd watched like the deleted scene.
2: With the, with Joker. the Joker
1: scene already. So I kind of knew that going in. But um, but that really doesn't do anything with the Didn't really have anything to do with the film itself. No. I would have watched yeah, it. Mean, it was, it out,
2: was a but... cool movie. Yeah. It was a very, very cool movie.
1: I'm glad that we didn't see his parents get killed. Yeah,
2: everybody knows We've
1: seen like every Batman movie ever shows this scene. It's like, yeah, we get it. We know. We know. We know it now. Yeah. Multiple comics, TV shows, movies. We got it.
2: Yeah, we didn't we didn't need to see Uncle Ben die. It, yeah. In Spider-Man. So, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm glad we didn't have to watch that either. But yeah, I just think overall like I thought the portrayal of Penguin was super cool. I liked it. Do you know who played Penguin?
1: Yes, I do, and he he does such a great job.
2: He does. And Cole Joker, Fairway, I was reading was was, was, <laughs> was kind of loosely based off of the Zodiac Killer.
1: Yeah, and um, I love um, the portrayal of the Riddler. Yeah, I. It was Paul Dano did a great job. It was
2: very different, right? It wasn't yeah. goofy in any way, but it worked. It, it fit this film. And I, I hope that we get to see more out of this Batman universe.
1: I do too. So I guess I, I, want, based, I
2: want more movies of this.
1: It's based like, I guess it's like this is like second year as Batman.
2: Yes, I believe it, that's correct.
1: So I guess it's like loosely based like there's a comic like Batman year one which is him just like starting. Um I guess it's kind of based on on that comic book. Gotcha. I think. I mean I
2: don't know. But yeah, this is he's a young Batman for yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: but it's not like normally you see him like in the middle of his career. Like he's Right. He's made mistakes. He's kind of He's a known his craft. commodity. Yes. People in this one like they don't know who this guy is. Right. So it's very um tense because like the criminals are like they're kind of on on watch because there's there's this crazy person around town and then the cops don't know what to do with him either it's interesting to see the beginning like that
2: right i hope i and i want to see more of this version of the joker
1: yeah i do too
2: like the uh, joker the joker kind of in this world like because this this feels more comic to me like it feels more graphic novel to me
1: definitely yeah more more of what you see in a batman graphic novel like it's which is very dark and more like this right and you know because dc comics are just it's a just crime darker. thriller
2: yes yeah like that's it's that's what batman is it's a yeah. crime thriller
1: at at the core he's he's a private detective yes vigilante he doesn't have any superpowers and so that's exactly right it's a crime thriller
2: he's just rich
1: yeah i guess that's a superpower yeah (laughs) all right next thing on my docket is the multiverse of madness in two weeks two weeks yeah i need i
2: still have not finished wandavision so i need to finish that yeah i think that's
1: probably pretty integral
2: that's what i've been told i've been told i need to finish it
1: and probably need to watch if you haven't already like spider-man no way home
2: i've i've seen the only marvel thing i haven't seen is wandavision
1: okay yeah i think that's i mean or at least watch like the recap of it (laughs) but um, I,
2: I will watch the show i've i've seen i think the first three episodes it's it so. is
1: pretty okay after, it kicks up after three okay the first three they're still in they're they're lean heavily on like the the sitcom thing it kind of like takes a turn after okay three. good um, but yeah
2: i need to just get back to it just finish it and and move on
1: yeah and then next weekend next thursday is the uh nfl draft so we get to see if uh any of our players, which I'm assuming they will get drafted, but I'm kind of hey, interested. Who knows? Petrie might sneak up. I saw like uh, Tom Fredelli from CBS. He did his like last like mock draft and he had him going 25 to the bills. Jaylen I country. mean,
2: that would, I would be, I would be extremely happy for him.
1: Okay. Breaking news. Just popped on my phone. Baylor adds a transfer from BYU. Caleb Lohner.
2: Uh, there you go, guys. Caleb Loner.
1: So, Baylor over Misha Land, Utah. There you go. So, what we talked about an hour ago has come to pass.
2: It has come to pass.
1: All right, Joe. Um, where can people find you? They want to. You can find get me get more on it.
2: Twitter at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Um, As always come by and say, hi, Matt, where can the people find you? Where can people find the pod?
1: You can find me at Matt D workman on Twitter and you can find the pod at the bear Dan pod. And Joe, you were like on other podcasts this week, right?
2: I was, I was a guest on the talking tech pod, which you guys can find at talking tech pod. Um, uh, they talk, they're part of guns up nation. They, they're a, of course, Texas tech podcast. Mm um, and they are doing a series similar to what I'm working on for our Daily Bears, which is a kind of offseason um, conversation with fans and people from the 12 schools that will represent the New Look Big 12. So they started that they started a podcast version of that series off and had me on to talk about Baylor. So. Absolutely, check them out on Twitter. Uh, look up Talking Tech Pod on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you can check out that episode I did where where we spend some time talking about Baylor and our place in the new Big Twelve.
1: Absolutely, check that out. It is um, while they are rivals in the field, they um, the Talking Tech Podcast we would consider them uh, friends of the Bear Den Pod. Sure.
2: They are absolutely friends of the Bear Den. They are welcome to stay within the Bear Den anytime they would like. Them.
1: Absolutely. All right, Joe. That's all I got.
2: All right, buddy. Here's I'm gonna to the watch spring the spring game. I'm gonna watch. Yeah.
1: I am gonna watch it.
2: And uh, make sure you do because I don't know if I'll be able to. That's the
1: beauty of having like older children. I can say, you know, y'all go play Roblox <laughs> in your room. I'm gonna be watching the football game. You know, All right, they, buddy. Until next week. They come out and say they're hungry. I say, we well, go get something on the fridge. You could just go get something on your
2: own. Okay. All, right. All right. I'll talk to you later.